episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse for free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 5, Episode 17, Dialogue Exercises. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's dialogue exercises. Uh, I was attributing myself. I'm, I'm editing out your attribution. Dang it. <laughs> okay, um, to bring you all up to speed. And I'm Howard. <laughs> <laughs> who is not up to speed. Uh, <laughs> I um, posted on Twitter and Facebook that um, I would be doing, I was practicing dialogue and I was going to do a dialogue, dialogue exercise myself. And I invited people to send in their submissions. And we, at Write Excuses, would um, read them and uh, talk about them on our episodes. And we're going to do that today. So these are sent in by readers, or listeners, I suppose, in this case. And we're going to talk about them. We won't necessarily critique them. We will critique them, but we won't say all bad things. Um, some of these are actually pretty good. I've, I've read them. So we want to point out what they're doing well and what they might be doing that they may need to look at for revision purposes. Okay. <laughs> um, and we're going we're gonna to start off. Um, I'm just picking these randomly. So um, we'll hope that these, um, these, we actually have something to say. All right. First one is um, by a person who didn't give me their name. Scribbly. Um, is in their e email address. Dad, I'm scared. It's okay, we'll be fine. Just keep holding my hand. We should just set up camp like last night. You really want to spend another night in bedrolls having biscuits for breakfast again when there's a proper inn an hour away? I still don't like the dark. The dark can't hurt you. I think, I think I see one behind that tree in the shadow. Hold up the lantern. See, just a twisty-like branch. But what if it hid? Dorm, look at me. You're wearing your charm, right? Then none of those unholy fake can get you. But Lida told me, in the, I, told me an ice triad can kill you just one touch. One touch. Ice triads? That's what you're worried about? Uh-huh. Son, it's high summer. No ices in summer. Not in these parts. Never? Never. For sure? Certain as larks in the morning. But then why are we wearing charms? Ha. Huh. I always did say you're a clever boy. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, now, remember... The did, they, did they get eaten by an ice dryad at the end of the story? <laughs> um, the, um, um, the father vanishes, I believe. Um, <gasps> Spoiler warning. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so let's talk about this. Requirement was no dialogue tags. No dialogue tags, no mm -hmm. description. No description, no blocking. And yeah. my challenge was to give a conflict and two distinct personalities and see how much you convey just with dialogue. How'd this person do? I thought they did pretty well. Yeah, yeah? what were um, they doing well? They, you, you could tell who was speaking from line to line. Mm -hmm. Part of that is because you were, you were altering your tone of voice a little bit. You'd get yeah. the same effect reading it and seeing, oh, line break, new character. Right. Um, but uh, those characters did have you know, a solid sense of who they were and how they were different from each other, which I thought was uh, pretty good, actually. If it hadn't been for the... Uh, strictures of the exercise. Yeah. Um, uh, I would have glossed over it completely as it was. The uh, reference to dad felt like a cheat. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, it, but like I said, if it hadn't been for the strictures of the exercise, that would have felt very natural. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it felt like a cheat. I, I, I thought it was an appropriate way to start. Yeah. Well, it, it's, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and uh, even with just dialogue and no descriptions, you still got a pretty good sense of world from this, I thought. Mm -hmm. You could tell that it was um, a, a, you know, there was at least some kind of fantasy going on. Um, low technology level. They had bedrolls. They were headed for an inn. They were yeah. worried about ice triads. They were wearing charms. We had references to old wives' tales that he had heard somewhere. Um, I'm and, impressed. Um, there was a little bit of dialect. Just, I think, you, they maybe could have used a shade more. Because if oh, they're the going to do it occasionally. Ices and there was a wearing instead of a wearing. Um, which, and that sort of thing. You know, you, you don't want to overload us, but you do want to be consistent. And if he's dropping the G once on something like that, um, a few more times to indicate, yes, this is actually a dialect. Mm -hmm. um, and the son or daughter not having the same dialect sounded, I, it, it made me wonder if there's a reason, and I felt like there probably should have been um, a dialect, but just a faint one. We've talked about dialects, yeah. don't overdo it. But if you're doing mm -hmm. a dialogue exercise, you know, um, and that's one of the tools you have to work with. Um, I thought this did, they did a very good job. Um, the the com complaints I would have, well, not complaints, something to look at. Um, I, I worry um, that they're both, they're talking too similarly, um, despite not having, you know, one having mm -hmm. that, sim like, enhancing the sense that one is a child and one is an adult yeah. might have helped out a little bit. Well, and one of the ways that they were doing that, making them very similar to each other, is that the sentences seemed to all be about the same length. Yeah. And things like varying that, making the father more verbose or the child's language more simplistic, is a way that could potentially differentiate You know, them. though, looking at it, um, the, the child's sentences do tend to be smaller, okay. um, which, is, which is a good thing. Um, this person's doing a, a very good job. Um, any other any other comments? I want them to get eaten by ice dryads, but uh, but we'd need descriptor tags for that. I want yeah. the child to Unless, be an ice dryad and eat the father. There it is. There it is. And All the right. last line is uh. <laughs> Next one. Hmm. That was one hell of a curse. Did you see? Yeah. Silencer, right? Nope, looked like a vocal adapter. Cow, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't he giving the first speech? Should, should we tell him? No point. We only need to tell him before he ate it. And when it takes effect? Well, then he'll know, won't he? Sometimes I forget how petty you are. I'm not petty. It doesn't matter if that it's Jaren. It'd be funny whoever. And you're not getting even the tiniest bit more enjoyment out of the situation because it's him? Well, maybe a little. Don't tell me you don't think it's funny. I won't when the damn curse kicks in and your terrifying, terrifyingly muscular brother-in-law comes looking for us. He, oh, he is not my brother-in-law. Besides, we're completely blameless in this. Right, and the curse sandwich sitting right outside his room has nothing to do with you. I was experimenting. Put it down and forget about Put it down and then forget about it. How convenient. That's not the end, obviously. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but let's uh, let's talk about this one. Uh, I'm having a harder time telling these two people apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, much harder time telling these these people um, apart. Um, the idea of a cursed sandwich is awesome. It is. Um, I, I like that say, concept have a lot. I've actually had a couple of those. Um, <laughs> it, it, and it can carry so a story like this. Now. Um, I would um, I would probably lead with. Did I see a cursed sandwich or something like that? I would lead with that in the first line. When mm -hmm. you've got to have a dialogue like this, it's really punchy. Start with your best concept. I don't know where they are, 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't have, I didn't get, with the first pair, uh, mm -hmm. I felt like I was in the woods. Yeah. And in the dark. And I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know if they're in a in an auditorium watching somebody about well, to speak. See, and that's or... what I started to get, and then it kind of felt like it turned into a dorm room or something. Yeah. Okay, let's give um, advice though. Let's not. Okay, just... advice. Yeah. The first one, the way the first uh, sample gave us such a great sense of place, was even though it didn't include actions, it described some. You know, raise the rant, the ra raise the lantern a little so we can see what's behind. Oh, that that's tree. just a tree branch. Little things right. like that. That. Yeah. Tell us what's around them. And this didn't have any of that except right. I think there was a reference to, you know, the sandwich was outside of a door. Right. That's yeah. kind of all okay. we got. Um, I say yes. The, the biggest thing I'm, trouble I'm having with this is telling the difference between the two characters. Now, I'm a, being, it's a little unfair to do this um, to people because one of the examples I gave of this is um, they're made of meat, uh, the um, Hugo yeah. Award-winning story in which it's two aliens talking. And they don't really distinguish themselves either, and it won a mm -hmm. Hugo. So, um, you know, your mileage may vary. But in this exercise, one of the reasons I was doing it was suggesting to try and teach yourself as, as writers to differentiate your um, dialogue for each character so that it feels like they are... Um, they're the distinct yeah. individuals. And, and my complaint yeah. that I couldn't tell where we were... Um, is for purposes of this exercise, yeah, we, yeah. We, didn't, we didn't do it well enough for this exercise. But if I'm, if I'm trying to tell that story and I'm having a hard time with the setting, I throw a descriptor in. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and we're good. Now, but, some specific advice yeah. on how to differentiate these two characters is, you know, first of all, if you can make the characters different. It seems like these two are more or less in the same yeah. area, the same place, the same Frame demographic. Um, yeah. Making one of them older or younger, like they did with the father and son. Right. Making one of them. See, I would have, I would have something suggested else. something like the janitor walks by yeah. while he's planting the cursed sandwich. Um, you know, start <laughs> off with a, you didn't see that. No, sir, I didn't see you drop a cursed sandwich in front of her door. Good. Wait, how do you know it's cursed sandwich? Oh, my family goes way back with the cursed sandwiches, sir. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, talking. Everyone's ate a cursed pastrami and rye. And, you know, talking, you know, you could, you could yeah. have that sort of class interplay and bring it out in their language. One's long and rambly. The other one is anxious yeah. and worried um, or, or something like this. Or the, yeah, the, uh, the nervous kid who's worried about getting caught with the prank right. versus the veteran prankster. Right. Who... Oh, that would have worked very yes. well, too. Um, and so, yeah, we need more differentiation and more of a sense of... Um, of interplay between the characters. These two could have been discussing the weather, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, yeah. uh, there's a cursed sandwich, something's happening, but we're not really finding out anything about either of them. It's not just that they aren't individuals. They aren't, we aren't, we aren't discovering anything. We've discovered that there's a cursed sandwich. Um, and one, yeah, one of them has pranks. a muscular brother or something. Yeah. Yeah. Now, outside the bounds of a writing exercise, you, you may well have in your story two characters who are very similar to each other that end up having to talk to each other, you can do things like giving, giving some of them verbal quirks or uh, you know, just finding little ways within the framework you already have to differentiate them. Yeah. All right. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. 
let's go ahead and stop for our book of the week. Um, we're going to have uh, Howard. What's our book this week? Um, our book this week was submitted, what, I don't know, uh, 30 to 60 times yeah. and rejected. Urban legends uh, tell. Yeah. Um, little known work that uh, you may have read uh, by Frank Herbert called Dune. I think I may have heard of that once. Yeah. Uh, I read Dune in high school and um, it broke my brain. Uh, <laughs> That's what happened to you. It's one of the wondered. many things that I happened. I think you would have been me. able to put it back um, together since. The, the, the whole concept of uh, ulterior motives, um, the looking at the motivations of characters as they do things, this was the first time that I'd ever really seen that explored deeply in a work of fiction, and so it was uh, very impressive. Well, and the beautiful, awesome world building that somehow mm -hmm. manages oh, yeah. to incorporate the best of epic fantasy and the best of science fiction together in one awesome book. Yes. Yeah. That is Dune. Dune is, I, I, would, I can honestly say, my very favorite book. I've read it more than any other book Including books of scripture. Wow. <laughs> so, if you have not read or listened to Dune, you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse and download a copy. Um, support the podcast. Start your uh, free trial at Audible and um, give it a listen. It is a fantastic book. All right. We're going to go on with this. And like most of the things where we actually read selections, we will go a little long on this podcast is what we generally do because yeah. we, we want to give a decent amount of time of actual commentary rather than all of it just reading. Um, the next one I'm not picking randomly. I'm actually going to go ahead and pick um, one by um, our dear friend Jason Denzel who runs Dragon Mount, uh, the um, main Wheel oh. of Time website, and who's also a screenwriter. So Ooh. he's kind of cheating because he's a screenwriter. Oh, yeah. he has to do this all the time. He to, yeah, well he does then. this all the time. All right, um, Jason. We're not going on easy writer, on you, Jason. Movie guy all, all, all around um, film. Um, you're, you're going dude, easy on so. him? I'm not. Oh, okay. All right. Kid gloves are coming off. Here Go. we are. Um, you called for me, master? That's ah. a stupid way to start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Jason, it's on. <laughs> uh, uh, you called for me, master? Ah, uh, yes, son, come in. Watch your step. I'm afraid I haven't cleaned this clutter in a while. I've never seen so many books, sir. How many do you have? Oh, I don't know, around 14,765. That sounds very specific, sir. Well, that's how many I think I have. I can't be certain because my apprentice hasn't cataloged them for me. Um, no, sir. In two years, you've never asked me to come to your study. And here, am I here to count your books? Heavens no. You're here for something much more exciting. I am? Certainly. Come stand next to me beside the window and bind the ink jars on the table there. Yes, master, of course. Tell me, son, do you know what day it is today? It's after midnight now, so I believe it's the day of the sun. Have confidence in your answers, boy. A mage is not wishy-washy. Tell me, is it or is it not the day of the sun? Yes, sir, it is. Better. Never forget that if you know something to be true, speak it clearly with all the authority you possess. I will, sir. Now, back to the primary question. I'm not interested in the day of the week. I want you to tell me about today. But in a grander sense, what day is it? I, I don't know, sir. Er, that is to say, I'm not aware of any holidays on this day, sir. Would you like me to research and provide you with an answer within, within the next quarter hour? Oh, how you amuse me, lad. Be at ease. No, you don't need to research anything. Does my steward push you hard in your studies during the day while I do my research? Anyway, we'll stop there. It goes on. What um, day is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, 
What do we There's say a, to Jason? You, okay, he set up a conflict. I want to know what dang day it is. <laughs> All right, Jason, you got me on this one. What day is it? Okay, he was doing really well a lot of the things that were messing us up with the last one right. um, in differentiating the two characters. They were in very different uh, periods of life. One was older, one was younger. Different one was in charge, and one was very subservient. Yep. Um, you could always tell you know, who each one of them was and why they were different from each other and what their relationship was to each other. Um, this one, I mean, it's, it's obviously very well done. And um, I, li I wanted to read it. I'd actually read through the thing and thought, wow, this is, this is really good. So I'm going to use this because I want to have good examples mm -hmm. um, because this isn't just about pulling out and talking about what's wrong. Um, Learning to emulate what uh, screenwriters do um, and, and movie people do as a writer of prose fiction can be just an invaluable skill. And picking up some screenplays and reading them and looking at what they do with dialogue. And so what he's doing here, um, a lot of people, when they say, I'm going to differentiate my dialogue, they go for either dialect, which we talked about. It's yeah. good. Mm -hmm. It can work. Or they go for um, the standard, and I've talked about this on, on Writing Excuses before, big words versus small words. Yeah. Which, again, is something you can use. But, you know, I think a lot of writers writing this would have had the master throwing around these, you know, um, six and seven syllable words to sound like a master. But it also starts to sound unnatural when you do that because yeah. people don't actually talk that way. Mm -hmm. And so a much better balance was struck here with the master subservience yeah. um, method, which, which Dan talked about. And you do this <laughs> just with, the, with normal diction. You can set up that someone's in control of the conversation and driving it, and mm -hmm. another person is in the back seat wondering what they, they've got to be doing. And that's, that's a great yeah. way. Wondering well, what day it is. Yeah. With, uh, with word choice here, even though both characters were using big words, yeah. uh, one of them had very simple sentence structure. Yes. The, the servant's sentences were, most of them very small. You know, thank yeah. you, sir. Yes, yes sir. sir. Yeah. Um, and then every now and then you'd get a big long one. Would you like me to go and do all of this research for you and blah, 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 blah. And yet you still got that sense of subservience out yeah. of it. Character's emotional state and um, how about setting? I got the setting. Cluttered, yeah. cluttered mm -hmm. office. Mind your elbows for the inkwells. That fourteen thousand seven hundred sixty-five books. You mm -hmm. know, just uh, just one little word. All right, let's let's give Jason some advice. Do we have any advice for Jason about how to um, how to how to fix this, or are we just going to say that that he did a good job? Come on, you said it's, the gloves it's were down. Obvious, <laughs> it's obvious that he's never going to be a successful writer of fantasy films. Uh, <laughs> Because nobody is? Because nobody is. Yeah, just, yeah, just right, right to the market, Jason. Uh, put in a helicopter. Put in a helicopter. And then crash a taxi into it. Oh, okay. Um, I, I'm sure that I have comments, but Howard's distracting me. All right. Um, what did I do? They're, they're going to be little things. I would ditch the phrase wishy-washy um, as pulling me out um, and setting me in modern oh, okay. day. okay. Um, I think that the um, apprentice, his language through the course of it was too similar to his previous ones. And that's odd yeah. from what I said, but I, I wanted to, Jason's doing, on such, writing on such a high level here. I'd actually like to see the apprentice change a little bit more. Um, and he did that at yeah. the end where he's like, oh, do you want me to do this? But 
you know, his, his subservience thing, there were just too many sirs. How about that? It was yeah. kind of getting on my nerves. Drop him out of the subservient mode. As no, he's no, no. We want him to stay subservient because that's what's working. But I think it really what I'm just getting at, too many sirs. Well, I guess what I'm saying is the overt subservience yeah. versus the... The yeah, I'm, you're still in charge of the conversation, but I don't. I no longer need to say sir. I no longer need to preface everything with a request. Um, of course, we only read a, a few, yeah, you know, yeah. paragraphs of this. Mm-hmm. I actually probably wouldn't change anything in these paragraphs, but if it continued that way, I'd yeah. say yeah, this is this is getting a little bit annoying. I want to get more out of this character. Yeah. Um, I, one thing just, that I yeah. did think was a little weird, and uh, it's entirely possible the setting fully justifies this. How long has he been an apprentice? And it's been a year or two, and he's never been into the guy's study. study. Looks like someone else is doing handling the training. Yeah, um, seemed could seemed be odd. The but, uh, okay, we're totally stretching. Uh, well, I was yeah. gonna say oh, you got the, the thing that was that was starting to to get on my nerves was that the the uh, master was just a little too Socratic. He mm-hmm. was not getting to his point, which I think, like you say, up to this point, yeah. I'm okay with it. But it, if, it, if it had continued like that for too long, mm-hmm. with the master not ever actually saying anything, it, it was just on the verge of being too much of that. All right. Okay. I, I do think we're stretching a little bit, though. Um, <laughs> this this was, a, was a really solid um, writing yeah, exercise. Also, he and, smells bad. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I can beat Jason at magic. How about that? Yeah. There you go, yeah. Jason. That. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, all right, let's wrap this up. We'll probably do a few more of these in a couple of weeks um, just to, to keep looking at this. I think it's one of the most important things that new writers can learn is how to just make your dialogue um, represent your characters. So um, we'll go ahead and do a writing prompt. Dan? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Oh, man. Um, okay. You uh, are walking down a back alley and you meet Jason from Dragon Mount, and he's getting all uppity about how he had a great writing sample. What do you do to him? <laughs> okay. Uh, this has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.